1: Why choose a Sleep Number smart bed?
2: Can I make my side softer?
1: Can I make my side firmer whenever I want? Can, Can we sleep, sleep cooler? Sleep Number does that, cools up to eight times faster, and lets you choose your ideal comfort on either side. 94% of Sleep Number smart sleepers report better sleep. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. To find a store near you, visit sleepnumber.com.
3: A suspicious, fast-moving fire rips through the mountains of Southern California, whipped by the Santa Ana winds. The wind, the wind, that wind drove the fire.
4: And then the wind suddenly shifted and nobody was prepared.
3: A team of firefighters soon find themselves surrounded. They had little to no notice that it was even coming. Investigators searching for a cause uncover a serial arsonist bent on destruction. Several of those fires
5: were started with similar devices. They are strange people.
6: Each one is his own evil stew.
3: But can they prove he used the weather to commit murder?
7: The weather by itself added so many elements to this that it ended up being larger than life.
3: Cabazon, California, is a small desert town nestled at the base between the San Jacinto and San Bernardino Mountains.
7: Cabazon is most famous for its dinosaur exhibit, but it's also, in recent years, developed one major casino, which is known as the Morongo Casino, and it is very large.
3: Located in an unincorporated area of Riverside County, the town is also within the San Gorgonio Pass, or Banning Pass.
6: The Banning Pass, which is a pass in the mountains between Riverside and Los
7: Angeles to the west and Palm Springs to the east, and people normally just drive through it. It is very windy through that pass because the mountain ranges converge at that point.
3: The only thing locals worry about here is the late summer and early fall when the Santa Ana winds arrive from the high desert mountains to the east.
1: The Santa Ana winds are very dangerous from a fire standpoint because the brush is at its driest level, so it burns better. This, of course, ignites
6: fires and pushes fires and makes them far more intense.
5: If small fires start, the potential for a small fire becoming a large one is much
3: higher. And in October 2006, conditions in Banning Pass were ripe for a fire.
4: It had been a hot, dry summer, with temperatures sometimes in the triple digits, and then September hit, and the Santa Ana winds picked up.
6: The National Weather Service first watches this, and they're way ahead of the game, and they can time it very closely, and they'll issue a red flag warning.
1: And they did that on the afternoon of October 25th, 2006. That's when I called fire captain. He said that they're predicting moderate to severe or strong winds. And then he went on to say, we better hope We don't get a fire in a San Gregorio Pass because it's going to be bad.
3: As everyone feared, early the next morning, a fire is spotted on the horizon.
6: There was a night watchman of some sort at a local bottling factory. Who saw it and called it into the regional dispatch center? Who
1: then immediately set out a call for resources. Engine 24 from Cabazon, less than about a half mile away, initiated an immediate response. And the captain on engine 24 arrived and reported two acres burning at the base of the slope.
3: The fire is near Esperanza Street.
1: It was on Cabazon Peak,
6: a landmark in the Banning Pass. But surrounding that area is the Twin Pines Ridge, which does have houses on it.
1: The wind, the wind, the wind. That wind drove the fire from where it started at the intersection of Esperanza and Mesa Streets, and it ran up Cabazon Peak. And then it was headed downwind towards Twin Pines.
3: Within minutes, the size of the fire, now called the Esperanza Fire, more than doubles, expanding from two acres to ten.
1: Then it's running up the hill. In light, flashy fuels, where this fire started, the fire can burn upwards of four to six miles per hour or a football field in one minute. So the United States Forest Service requested five uh, immediate need engines.
3: A command post is quickly assembled, and five Forest Service fire engines head out to control the fire, including Engine 57. Five men are assigned to Engine 57.
1: Engine 57 was Captain Mark Lotzenheiser, Engineer Jason McKay, Engineer Jess McLean, Firefighter Danny Hoover Nahara, and Firefighter Pablo Cerda. They were strong firefighters, firefighters to be trusted.
6: Of the five engines that went up there, the natural leader in the whole group was the captain of Engine 57, Mark Lotzenheiser, And because his name is such a tongue twister, uh, he had the nickname Lotsey.
3: With the fire still spreading fast, by 4 a.m., it has consumed over 500 acres, and the community of Twin Pines is ordered to evacuate as Engine 57 makes its way to Twin Pines Ridge.
6: They got down to what we call the octagon house because it's in the shape of an octagon. And it was uh, not quite completed uh, on a knob overlooking the Banning Pass.
4: As dawn approached, the Santa Ana winds strengthened. Winds through the Banning Pass were about 13 miles per hour. We had some gusts beyond 30. And humidity was critically low, down below 5%. So those winds then fanned the flames.
3: The fire has now consumed around 2,200 acres.
6: Down below the octagon is a long drainage. We wound up calling it the unnamed drainage. And it goes all the way from the octagon all the way down to the bottom of the Banning Pass.
4: What was happening, the heat and the intensity from the fire at the bottom of the Banning Pass was raising the temperature and raising the pressure gradient meanwhile in the back of the octagon near the top of the twin pines ridge there was a temperature inversion around 6,000 feet a temperature inversion happens when the air is warmer up above normally air cools as you go up in altitude so what that warm air does it kind of puts a cap on top of it and creates the windier conditions down near the surface
6: and all of a sudden you have a pressure area pushing down like a cork at the top of the unnamed drainage. The pressure was building and the heat was becoming more and more intense within the unnamed drainage, and nobody could see that happening.
3: At the Octagon House, Captain Lutzenheiser and his crew, unaware of this inversion, worked quickly to save the house as the fire swirls and jumps, driven by increasing winds.
6: They're merely preparing for
1: the fire that they can see coming their way over the ridges. They would pull some hose lines such that if the fire ran on the house, they could provide a structural defense and protect the house.
3: The area can be seen from another ridge where Engine 52 is working and recording video.
1: The fire had made a head run farther north of the octagon house. And then it was making several flanking runs this was as complex fire as anyone could ever imagine.
4: The winds drove the fire, which were now blasting between 50 and 70 miles per hour in the area.
6: Suddenly, the inversion blows out like a cork blowing out. And all this pent-up energy in the unnamed drainage ignites almost instantaneously. And it rages out of the unnamed drainage.
3: Within seconds, the flame front moves over the octagon house. The shape of the house enables the flames to wrap around both sides of the house, meeting on the downwind side.
6: Five to seven seconds, two thirds of a mile, and the whole thing is erupting. At the octagon, the five firefighters had virtually no time to react to this.
3: Engine 52 crew members try to raise them on the radio,
1: They couldn't get an answer from Lotzi. There was no radio traffic, no answer.
3: Through dense smoke and across scorched earth, firefighting crews make their way to the Octagon House, but are unprepared for what they find.
1: The battalion chief dispatch dropped to his knees. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. It goes beyond a nightmare. This is something you don't
6: think can happen.
3: In Southern California, U.S. Forest Service Engine 57 with Captain Mark Blutzenheiser, Jason McKay, Jess McClain, Danny hoover Nahara, and Pablo Cerda has gone radio silent after being overrun by the Esperanza fire.
1: Engine 52, 51, and 56 all walked down because they couldn't get an answer from Latsy. They knew the fire had run over the octagon house. And they took medical equipment with them and they found what they found.
3: way leading up to the octagon house firefighters find captain lutzenheiser and firefighter pablo cerda almost 90% burned clinging to life
6: pablo was in very bad shape his hands were in a pugilistic position frozen by the fire
1: they walked by pablo cerda at the bottom of the hill and they thought pablo was dead pablo raised up his hand like this and said help me
6: they walked farther up the road and found Mark Lautzenheiser, who was alive. And he called for help to get some people up there with breathing equipment.
3: Minutes later, they find the other three crew members.
6: Clearly dead. Jason McKay and Jess McClain, who were the most exposed on the part of the octagon platform that was stuck out over the Banning Pass, didn't make it anywhere.
7: They had little to no notice that it was even coming. And then the few that did have some notice really only could make it a few steps.
1: The heat came up out of that canyon, I believe, and seared their lungs, and they were dropped in their tracks.
3: The fire that raced up the gully was fast and powerful, melting the aluminum shelters found next to their bodies. Annie Hoover-Nahara
1: was on the east side of the octagon house, probably more exposed to heat. Now, he ran 120 feet and he dropped near the driveway and Gorgonio View Road. The Battalion Chief Dispatch dropped to his knees. He couldn't believe it. And everybody's going, what, what, What? how could this happen?
3: An hour later, medevac helicopters are finally able to evacuate the two surviving men to Arrowhead Medical Burn Center 30 miles away.
6: It wasn't the easiest thing in the world because the fire is
1: sweeping the basin.
3: Sadly, Captain Lutzenheiser doesn't make it.
1: Nobody knows for sure whether Lotzi died in the copter en route or he died at the hospital. In any event, his wife was rushed to the hospital. She never got there in time to see him.
6: Pablo Serta was placed in a medical-induced coma, and a number of surgeries were performed on him.
3: As family members and fellow firefighters learn of the tragedy, they are overcome with grief.
7: These were men in the prime of their lives that had done nothing but want to save humanity from a catastrophe. And it was enormously tragic.
1: This was a terrible loss to a small community. And they were recognized as the firefighters of the town. These are the community saviors.
3: The crew of Engine 57 were all a model of discipline and dedication, that inspired and raised the bar when it came to firefighting.
6: Mark Lotzenheiser. he'd been around for a long time. He was in his 40s. He lived in Idlewild. It was kind of an old time forest service uh, community. Lotzi lived there with his wife, Maria. He was a big, strong, calm kind of guy. He made people feel solid and rooted when he was around.
3: His two engineers, Jason McKay and Jess McClain, were each 27 years old.
6: Jason McKay found his vocation, as a lot of firefighters do, when he was very, very young. He'd uh, been eating a hot dog, got stuck in his throat, and he went into cardiac arrest. The ambulance people saved his life, and he decided that that's the kind of thing that he wanted to do, and he went on to do it.
3: Jess McClain was known to everyone as Gus.
6: Jess McLean was married to a gal named Karen, and they have been married for three years. He was a little bad boy to start out his life. He loved disaster. He was small, but he was absolutely determined. He turned out to be a very good firefighter because he was just
1: gritty.
3: The team also included a pair of rookies, 23-year-old Pablo Cerda and 20-year-old Danny hoover Nahara.
1: Cerda and Danny hoover Nahara were younger. They were first-year firefighters. Pablo
6: was a great, big, strong guy, played good sports, he was a soccer player, and had a very powerful body to such an extent that they called him the mule.
1: Pablo Cerda graduated from the Riverside Community College Fire Academy. I spoke as a graduation speaker at his graduation.
3: Daniel Hoover-Najara was the newest to the team.
1: Danny Nahara was a sweet kid. He got into the fire
6: world, and it gave him a sense of discipline and a respect for responsible authority. And he decided that firefighting is what he really wanted to do. And he'd been in for two weeks. He worshiped Mark.
3: But now, four members of Engine 57 are gone, and one is barely alive, as the Esperanza fire continues to rage out of control.
7: The wind was still substantially blowing at that time, so it it was a sight to see. It It was like Hollywood special effects would do it no justice.
3: the loss of their brethren, fire investigators from CAL FIRE are more determined than ever before to figure out how this roaring blaze began.
1: They go out there and they begin to look at what they
3: believe is the origin.
7: Once they had that, they did a cursory examination of it.
3: And what they find will ignite the beginning of an intense manhunt to find a killer who used the winds to his advantage.
7: He actually used the weather as the accelerant.
0: Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum
3: $10
0: per order. Additional terms apply.
3: In Camasón, California, four firefighters are dead and another barely clings to life after the Esperanza fire, driven to deadly size by extreme drought and powerful Santa Ana winds, consumed the home they were trying to protect from the encroaching flames. Overnight, the fire had grown to cover more than 24,000 acres, 37 square miles.
6: Once the sun came up, it could be fought hard from the air. Helicopters could drop on a very large air tanker. They're called flats, dropping retardant.
4: Although the Santa Ana winds continue to blow, the weather forecast calls for those winds to diminish over the weekend.
3: While firefighters attack the blaze, fire investigators have located the origin of the fire near Esperanza Street. And a sharp-eyed investigator finds a vital clue. The CAL FIRE investigators returned and further processed
5: the scene and found a cigarette mat-stick rubber band device.
3: A clear sign of arson.
6: The device was a Marlboro cigarette, and the arsonist had wrapped stick matches around it and secured them with a green rubber
7: band. The cigarette burns at a predictable time, and once that cigarette or the coal from the cigarette and the tobacco brain hits the matches, it ignites in a fireball.
6: By the time they flare and start a fire, you are long gone. Arson is the crime of the coward. You're not there, you never face your victims, you run away and hide and laugh, and then you come back and watch it. That's uh, part of the thrill.
3: The crude device had become all too familiar to arson investigators. Over the past six months, they had been looking into a string of at least a dozen intentionally set wildfires. When you have multiple origins over multiple days in the same general
1: area, a pattern
3: becomes evident. Examination of most of these previous fires found the same crude device being used. CAL FIRE arson investigators didn't have
5: any investigative leads. They just believed that it was the same suspect lighting these fires.
3: Then, at the end of August, for six weeks, the arson fires came to a sudden stop until now. Our investigators immediately
5: called the
1: sheriff and said, we think we have an arson murder situation. We need to join this.
3: Riverside County homicide detectives are brought in to help with the investigation, and a task force is formed.
7: Everybody from Riverside Sheriff's Office, there was the Riverside D.A.'s office, the CAL FIRE investigators, along with the U.S. Department of Forestry. We're treating it as a major homicide investigation with multiple victims.
5: We made arrangements to give the public a tip line number. In this case, involving five U.S. Forest Service firefighters, we realized that there were going to be a lot of tips.
3: A reward fund is also set up
5: Within several hours, the Riverside County Board of Supervisors offered a reward of $500,000. So that information was put out to the public early on in the case.
3: Soon, thousands of tips pour in, but one catches their attention. A local truck driver calls in and says shortly after he noticed the fire, he was stopped at a gas station and saw a strange man.
5: He was looking at the fire against the hillside to the south of the gas station. Truck driver said, oh, I'll
6: start a conversation with me. So that's really something over there, that fire, because they could see it right across the highway burning on the ridge. And the guy started describing it and saying, it's doing just what I thought it would do.
5: It seemed odd, but it wasn't like something jumping out at us that just said, hey, we really need to identify this guy. This has
3: to be our suspect. Still. They take a look at the gas station security footage to verify the story.
5: You could see the truck driver and where he was standing in relation to the male he was describing, and you could clearly see that the male was looking to the south towards the fire. You never see the face, ever, but you do
6: see the back of his head and you do see the general shape of his body.
3: As firefighters work to contain the Esperanza fire, investigators are about to get their first big leak.
6: You had all the check marks. These people like fire. They're going to find a way to be around it.
10: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bike clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret?
3: In the hillside of Riverside County, California, firefighters are finally able to start containing the Esperanza wildfire two days after it started.
4: To everyone's relief, the Santa Ana winds finally died down, and by Friday night, the National Weather Service lifted its red flag warnings.
3: The Esperanza Fire has already killed four firefighters from Engine 57. Another one, 23-year-old Pablo Cerda, is fighting for his life.
6: There were a lot of surgeries that they did. They said that if your body was 60% burned, you were lost. But medical technology has advanced enormously since then.
3: Meanwhile, the task force has been following up on scores of leads.
5: Several days into the investigation, two FBI profilers came to our investigations command post, were briefed about the case.
6: There is a standard profile for an arsonist. An arsonist is a white male, generally working class. In his 20s, he is unable to have sustained meaningful relationships with women. He was abused as a child, and he cannot hold a job. If you've got all those ticks and you're implicated in any way, they're going to come and talk to you.
3: With this profile in mind, investigators take a look at several potential persons of interest. One of those on the list is 28-year-old Billy Hudson.
6: Billy Hudson had all the check marks, including a rap sheet on arson, so they thought that they had a really good candidate in him.
3: Along with his previous arson conviction, Hudson's background included a stint as a volunteer firefighter trainee.
6: The firefighter arsonist profile is a very common one. It's kind of uncomfortable because what you're saying is that some of those people who are out there defending you from fire uh, may prove to be arsonists. These people like fire, they're gonna find a way to be around it and sometimes they will set their very
5: own.
3: Could Hudson be their serial arsonist? A search warrant was written and served at Billy Hudson's residence. They confiscate a computer and bring in Billy for questioning.
6: Billy Hudson denied any kind of an involvement in it.
5: They asked Mr. Hudson to participate in a polygraph interview. One was done, but the results were undetermined whether he was being truthful or not.
3: But when the search of his home turns up nothing and Billy is able to provide an alibi for when they believe the Esperanza fire was started, police must drop him as a person of interest. Investigators are back to square one. They immediately go back to all the previous wildfires that appear connected to the Esperanza fire. You can't discount those prior
5: ones. There's still a potential for information to be obtained that might help us in the Esperanza fire case.
3: They learned that the fire investigators had saved all the previous devices used.
5: But they were not processing them through
6: the fire lab because they hadn't caught anybody, there were other higher priorities, but they had these devices boxed.
3: But fire investigators did install a series of cameras on telephone poles throughout the region. They were installed in the
5: area of Myas Canyon, and they ultimately had a arson fire on October 22nd, four days prior to the Esperanza
7: fire. A car had been seen in the area of the Myas Canyon fire by the pole cam.
5: They gave us a license plate of a vehicle that they had seen entering prior to that Myas Canyon fire
3: and leaving shortly after it was reported. Detectives run the plate and it takes them to a guy at an auto shop.
7: We were able to determine that he had actually given it to somebody who had used to work for him.
3: They learned that person is a 36 year old man named Raymond Lee Euler.
7: He was a somewhat introverted person who kept to himself, worked odd jobs, mainly as a mechanic.
3: Police tracked down his current apartment.
7: As I approached the front door, there was an ashtray, a relatively large ashtray, that had a lot of cigarettes in it. And that stood out to me, because obviously the occupants, if there's a large ashtray, are smokers.
6: They were nearly all the same kind of cigarettes in uh, the Esperon's device and in other serial arson devices.
3: Raymond isn't home, but his girlfriend Crystal answers the door and lets detectives in. They immediately get a strange vibe inside.
7: The overall feeling of the apartment was dark. There were pictures of clowns and flames and other stuff around the apartment. There was something unusual going on.
6: I saw this poster of a hip-hop group with a devil with flames all around his head. So there are flames all over the place.
3: Crystal tells investigators that Raymond is at work and gives them his address.
7: He was currently employed with a pretty reputable mechanic in Banning.
3: They try to ask Crystal some questions, but she's evasive.
7: There was something wrong with her. and You get a sick sense that people want to talk to you, even when they say they don't.
3: But for now, detectives head out to speak with Euler.
7: In questioning him at his place of work, he appeared nervous. Raymond wouldn't make eye contact, which was interesting to me, but is also very common with introverted personalities.
6: Euler had his sleeves rolled up and he had these weird
7: tattoos that included flames on his arms. So immediately, when you see stuff like that as, a, as an investigator, you start to put
3: pieces together. Detectives ask him questions about the previous fires.
7: He was relatively cooperative, but denied any sort of connection to it.
3: He also denies having anything to do with the Esperanza fire.
7: He gave a pretty elaborate alibi for the time and events that had
3: occurred in relation to the Esperanza fire. According to Raymond, he'd spent the night at his apartment, which he shared with his girlfriend and their infant daughter. Later that night, he says he went to a local casino. He said that he had gone
5: to the Morongo Casino for several hours that night. He provided what floor of the parking garage that he parked on.
7: Casinos, as most people know, have very good security systems. So at the time, we felt, well, this guy may not be involved. That's a pretty good alibi if the security cameras and the footage will back it up.
3: He says afterwards he stopped at a Shell gas station to buy cigarettes. Investigators ask Euler if he's willing to come to the station and give a DNA sample, and he agrees.
7: He consented to giving DNA. We were then able to take what's known as a buccal swab from the interior of the mouth and submit it to DOJ for analysis.
3: But he declines to undergo a polygraph test. Having no hard evidence connecting him to the fires, investigators are forced to let him go.
6: Raymond Euler didn't fit the profiles. He was not in his 20s. He's older. He had sequential relationships with women that were successful enough that he had four children.
3: To be sure, investigators request the security footage from the casino and put Euler under surveillance. We can either easily
5: verify his alibi and eliminate him or determine if he's
3: not being truthful with us. Meanwhile... Firefighters are still working on controlling the Esperanza blaze that is just over 40% contained.
4: As soon as those winds start to subside and the humidity levels go up, the fire loses its momentum.
1: On a real cool, moist day,
3: fire's not gonna run. It's gonna creep at the most. As winds finally recede, Riverside County investigators get a huge break in the
5: case. I specifically remember getting that phone call and how happy we were.
8: Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. to 500 500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500 500.
2: I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know, I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
3: In Cabezon, California, the raging Esperanza wildfire has slowed, along with the gusting winds that fueled its rapid growth.
4: By the end of the weekend, the Santa Ana wind event had finally started to collapse. Temperatures were beginning to cool and firefighters were gaining the upper hand, hoping to have the fire contained within 24 hours.
3: The fire has burned 40,000 acres, close to 63 square miles, and killed four firefighters, leaving a fifth on death's door.
7: There was an enormous tragedy that had occurred that we all felt the weight of.
3: Investigators searching for the serial arsonist responsible have a person of interest in a 36-year-old mechanic, Raymond Lee Euler, but they have little evidence to go on. Riverside County investigators have Oiler under surveillance as they request footage from the local casino where he said he was when the Esperanza fire broke out. Oiler also claimed he stopped at the Shell gas station on the way home from the casino, the same one where their truck driver witness met a strange man. He made some
5: kind of bizarre statements to the truck driver regarding the fire behaving just as he thought it would. We did go back and review the Shell gas station video again, and in addition to that footage, we were also able to see him inside the Shell gas station actually purchasing an item.
6: I brought in the truck driver to try to identify from photographs a person to whom he had been speaking, and he immediately picked out Raymond Orr So said that's the guy I was talking to. In
5: our minds, We were happy that we identified him as being the one inside the gas station, but it wasn't quite that moment where we know that we have our right guy.
3: So investigators begin the formidable task of reviewing the casino footage.
7: We then assign somebody to go pull all that security camera footage and it's time for time. So it took some time to sit down and go through every bit of it. Upon completion, we were unable to determine him at the location at all. It was at that time that Raymond Lee Euler's alibi began to crumble in front of him.
3: But detectives still need more and decide to speak with Raymond's girlfriend, Crystal, again.
7: She took the opportunity to avoid us and avoid in-depth conversation. But we knew it was something that we had to approach again.
3: At her mother's house, Crystal agrees to speak with detectives. We did approach her
7: in a very, very sensitive interview and expressing concern for her, which was legitimate. We all felt for her and was able to pull from her. What, in my opinion, looking back on it, was ready to
3: explode. As she begins to open up, an eerie portrait of Raymond Euler begins to emerge. Euler's
5: girlfriend, she did make admissions that Euler admitted to setting several arson fires in the Banning Pass area prior to the Esperanza fire.
7: Raymond would come home from experimenting with fire and experimenting with different types of devices and discuss aspects of it with Crystal. I don't believe he was ever completely clear on what he's doing, but enough for Crystal to be alarmed and know that he was setting fires
6: and she was very upset about that. She's not a bad person, and told him that he had to stop.
3: She says Raymond agreed to stop for her and their child.
6: And there is indeed a hiatus within the series of the Banning Pass arson series, which matches the time when she cut him off and told him no more of this.
7: But when she saw on TV the events as they unfolded, inside she knew that Raymond was likely involved in some way.
3: At one time, Crystal says Raymond offered a strange motive. I do remember her
5: stating that he wanted to set a fire on the mountain to create a diversion to get his dogs out of the dog pound. Apparently his dogs were taken by animal control prior to the incident. He actually got the dogs back before the Esperanza fire was started.
7: He still had built up the resentment and anger towards that particular facility and it is reasonable to assume that he would not have been concerned that that was potentially in the path of the fire.
3: Five days after the Esperanza fire began, it is now fully contained.
4: The Santa Ana winds shifted and it drove the fire back on top of itself, allowing it to become fully contained and hundreds of exhausted firefighters we're allowed to go home.
3: At the same time, investigators finally get the huge break they need.
5: We got a DNA hit from the Department of Justice where they said Boiler's DNA matched the previous cigarette matchstick devices from June 9th and 10th.
7: When the DNA came back from DOJ, that was the really big one.
5: I specifically remember getting that phone call and how happy we
3: were that we were on the right person. Just hours later, Still under surveillance, Raymond Euler is pulled over in a traffic stop and arrested by a Cal Fire arson investigator.
7: We were adamant that it had to be fire personnel who arrested and actually put the cuffs on Raymond Euler.
3: Raymond Euler is booked on arson charges in connection with the two fires that occurred in June. Just hours after Raymond's arrest, the family of firefighter Pablo Cerda makes a heart-wrenching decision.
6: His family had to make a choice as to whether to continue with these extreme heroic measures or to let him go. It's not the choice you and I ever want to make about anyone we love. They were faced with that, and they decided to let him go.
3: The entire crew from Engine 57 has now been claimed by the Esperanza wildfire. Will there be justice?
6: The prosecution had to decide whether or not to go for the death penalty.
3: After hot temperatures and low humidity in Southern California dried out the area for months, the Santa Ana winds made conditions perfect for a large fire.
6: The weather played a key role in the Esperanza Fire, as it does in almost every fire, either by its absence, so that things don't get worse, or in the case of the Esperanza Fire, by its presence where things get enormously worse.
3: The Esperanza Fire burned a total of 41,173 acres in five days. It destroyed 34 homes and 20 other buildings and caused an estimated $10 million in damage.
4: Luckily, the winds died down and the remaining firefighters were able to get it under control.
3: The highest cost, however, were the lives of five National Service firefighters. I truly believe
5: If that fire was not set in the conditions that it was involving the high winds and the location it was set, that the five victims would have not been placed in that circumstance and they would have lived.
3: Now, Raymond Lee Euler has been arrested for two other arsons, although authorities suspect he is responsible for more.
5: There was no other DNA recovered from those other devices, but several of those fires were started with similar devices being cigarette, matchstick, and a rubber band.
3: Including the Esperanza fire. Based off of this, Euler is indicted on five counts of first-degree murder, 20 counts of arson, and 17 counts of using incendiary devices. He pleads not guilty. In January 2009, nearly two years later, the case finally goes to trial. There was
6: so much pressure about it, and the prosecution had to decide whether or not to go for the death penalty, and they decided that they would. It eventually became the first time uh, ever that uh, the death penalty was invoked for a murder for a wildland fire.
3: The prosecutor paints Euler as a man obsessed with fire because of his own feelings of weakness.
7: I think it's more about power or about control and just feeling inadequate as a person. So they go towards arson, which is enormously devastating, enormously powerful.
3: They say Euler had been working towards the ultimate destructive fire.
7: We had a long succession of him experimenting and trying to get fires to start and wouldn't spread. So he was learning what worked
3: and what didn't work. According to the state, by the time the Santa Ana winds hit in the fall, Euler was ready.
6: By then, he was fairly sophisticated. And instead of putting his device in a flat area, he put it in a place where it was going to run up Cabazon Peak.
7: And he absolutely had to have known that where he was starting to fire, the direction the wind was blowing would have caused it to spread in a violent and ferocious fashion.
3: Afterward, he stopped at a gas station to admire his work and the five firefighters who lost their lives were just collateral damage.
7: He had no empathy for the deaths of the firefighters or their families.
3: Euler never testifies in his defense, but his attorneys quickly changed their tune. Euler's defense attorneys
5: changed from the defense of our client was not responsible for any of these arson fires to posturing that he was responsible for the June 9th in June 10th fires, but he wasn't responsible for the Esperanza fire.
3: The last minute move doesn't work, and after six days, on March 6, 2009, the jury finds the 38 year old guilty of all charges.
6: Raymond Euler's prosecution was the first successful prosecution of a wildland fire arsonist for capital murder. It was without precedent.
3: On June 5, 2009, Raymond Lee Euler receives the death penalty.
1: Euler gained confidence in fire setting as he progressed. With that confidence came his confidence, and he became more careless.
3: In the years since the Esperanza fire, the five fallen firefighters have not been forgotten.
7: These were men in the prime of their lives that had done nothing but want to save humanity from a catastrophe, and it was enormously tragic
3: at the octagon house a memorial marks the spot where they gave the ultimate sacrifice
5: it's taken a lot of time for healing i know the victim's family will never completely heal with the loss of their family members and a community as a whole losing five firefighters is a really difficult pill to swallow even on the best day firefighters face
1: unknown they don't know what the masked red devil is going to bring that day in the way it challenges. I hope that in the future, we can learn from all these tragedy fires, and the fires that will occur in the future so that no more firefighters die.
3: In the end, the California weather played a major part in the destructiveness of the Esperanza fire.
6: Weather is always essential to fire. That is what drives fire. That is what you have to watch because it is not entirely predictable.